Good morning, good morning. This is Daily Practice Success. I'm your host, Jonathan O'Kane. Um, today, today's agenda is how can we use public speaking to help you escape gravity of your job? So, I mean, public speaking, right? It's one of the best skills or um, that we can learn because it's one of the things that um, would put us as an authority with our with, with our business or with, with our niche. And, you know, it, it's, oh man, I cannot wait for this. Um, okay, I'm so nervous. Okay, so we're gonna be talking about how um, a public speaking um, knowledge is gonna benefit us for a long time. And today's guest, we have Richard Mulholland. Um, he built a, built a six-figure business, speaking business, spoken over 30, plus country over six continent. He delivered five TEDx talks and one uh, TEDx talk. He He's one of the guys that train people to actually present on, you know, present or train you on public speaking. And you know, I cannot wait for this um, episode. It's because it's one of the things that I'm so passionate about. I want to, I want to speak on stage. I want to be, you know, I, I want to um, motivate people and I want to present a really good speech and tell my story up on a stage. And this guy actually done it. He, he's been to, you know, all over places speaking and, you know, and I just kept, I'm just going to bring him out so that we could ask more, uh, uh, more questions and um, yeah, let's, let's invite him and um, ask more questions questions about him this is gonna be exciting all right you guys let's bring him out hi rich hey jonathan hey I thank you for the show man hey man um actually we appreciate you coming on the show you have done a lot of speaking and you have been training so many um so many people on presenting um uh, presenting and so how did this all get started um take us back yeah, so I'm, I just turned 46 this time last week, uh, but I started my business when I was 22. Before that, I was a roadie. So I used to tour with bands like Iron Maiden and Def Leppard, and I worked in the lighting space. The problem was in South Africa, if it was winter, we did not have work. And I was frustrated that we didn't, we weren't busy. And I went to my boss, I said, like, we could take our staging, we could sit in the corporate markets and, you know, make their conferences and presentations amazing. And so I was 21, I started a conference division uh, for Gearhouse, and I went out and I was trying to go out there and sell lights, sound, and AV and staging, but it didn't matter how good our work was. If the presenter was bad, it was bad. And I quickly realized that there was a massive hole and a problem that could be solved. And I always say that entrepreneurs, we either fix a problem or we fill a gap. We don't do what we love. We find things we hate and we fix it. And I just really, really hated bad presentations. So I started Missing Link. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that neither did anybody else. And when everybody in the world is at a two out of 10, if you're a three out of 10, you're winning. And so I barely just kind of crept above the radar for the, for a few years uh, until I figured out what was right. Uh, before I actually left my full-time job, we already had five uh, full-time employees at Missing Link. And I knew that there was a need. I knew that wow, okay, this, this is uh, solving a problem in the world. And that was the very, very basic origin story. Wow, so you started um, doing, um, with the, doing lights and you, you found a gap and now you're actually teaching it. That's amazing. So you, but 
before before all of all of those and you started your business were you like scared on how is this going to work out or was it limiting belief on how you get started <laughs> so one of the reasons i always say to people like when entrepreneurs ask me about you know should i start a business and you know when is the right time that's the that the one bit of advice i'm willing to give to almost any entrepreneur is this yesterday would have been easier tomorrow will be harder or any aspiring entrepreneur it, actually, generally speaking, you should have started it yesterday. Waiting, waiting for a perfect day is wrong. And one of the reasons why it's so good to start a business in your early 20s is you have DSB, delusional self-belief. I had no idea. If I, if I had to think about how little I knew about a topic today and started a business in that field, I would, I would think I was a complete imposter and I'd be nervous all day long. But when I was 22, I didn't care. I was like, hey, I'm just going to go out and try sell this because I wanted to dominate the world and I wanted to take over. And people bought it because, again, in that one small niche, that one small corner of the universe, I knew more than they did. And I realized, well, that there's some power there. And it was something that they wanted to be better at because they know, like, the amount of authority you generate on the stage, there's very few platforms where you can generate more authority, more immediate respect from uh, uh, people listening and observing than from a stage. So people knew they had this opportunity. So they didn't care that it was a, a 23 year old with tattoos that was standing in front of them. They were willing to listen. And, and that's where we kicked off. So I, I think I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was just excited about solving the problem. And, and people got on and, and got captured by my excitement. Mm, that's amazing. and. And you just teaching people and how to do that. And yes, but do you have to be like as a um, as a um, a person um, like myself? Like I'm working a nine to five job. Do I have to be an expert, or you know, to do public speaking or to be on stage? How does that work? Like, if I were to want to get started doing that, because at the end of the day, I do want to be on stage. Okay. So there's a, a couple of different ways you want to look at this thing, right? So mm -hmm. I believe that, uh, it, and it, it really, really does depend on your departure point. So you either make your money, you either make your fee for a talk, or you make your fee from a talk. So you either get paid because you're speaking. So yes, I built a six-figure speaking business, mm -hmm. but actually I built a six-figure business from speaking, a seven-figure business from speaking, because I get the six figures that I get in uh, fees that I turn up with. But because uh -huh. I have authority in a specific topic, then I'm able to uh, drive that audience to my business where we're able to do more work with them. So here's the thing. You've got two areas that you think of. You've got ability and you've got authority. Now, some speakers have high ability but low authority. So, uh, so they may be talented actors. They can stand on stage, deliver content. And in fact, when I started, that's where I started. I actually presented other people's books. I said, I knew that all these big speakers weren't going to come to South Africa where I live. So I said, cool, I'll come and do a talk for you on Seth Godin's Purple Cow. I'll do a talk for you on Jim Collins' Good to Great. And I actually took these books and I turned them into talks that I delivered to large corporates. So it was their content and authority, their research and my ability. But then I realized something very quickly is that there's two ways to generate authority. The one is experience and the other is research. So I thought, well, if I look for some of my favorite speakers, people like, say, Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell often talks about a topic in which his sole level of authority for that topic is the research that he has done. And I thought, wow, OK, this is incredible. So you can actually grow authority by research and people will measure 
how much they believe you, their reason to believe based on the quality of the research you do. So what this, this creates is in a vacuum for which anybody who's is willing to put up their hand to speak about a topic and to offer their own hypothesis backed by their specific research that they've done is able to become an overnight authority. And a great example of that would be somebody like Simon Sinek. Because I often ask people, you know Simon Sinek? And they say, yes. I said, do you know what Simon Sinek did for a living the week before that famous talk with the circles, with a Y? And nobody knows what he does. Nobody can tell me what Simon Sinek's job was. And I couldn't tell you what Simon Sinek's job was because it doesn't matter. You don't need authority to get to the stage. You get to the stage and then you gain your authority from there. However, obviously you have to structure a well-delivered narrative to do that. Yes. So you could come at the stage because you are the world's leading authority. You're J. Craig Venter who mapped the human genome. Perfect. Then you start with that. Or you could come because you have a hypothesis that you have researched and you are able to deliver well. Both these both these doors to the stage are equally fine. So there's opportunity for everyone. Wow, that's fascinating. And you could definitely just do that right away. It just it's with the right research, with the right subject. I mean, anybody could do it except for like the knowledge of how to do it. And we could get we could get there, but what would you suggest if we were to get there and we wanted to speak on stage? Should we hire somebody first or should we like how, how who do we get in contact with in order for us to go and do that? Just just that, um, you know, Simon, just like you said, Simon Sinek was working and he got into a stage. Now nobody cares what he does in the, for a living. So question of first number, first thing to do is you don't need you don't need skill or anything. You just need a deadline, right? You need a gig. Right. There's a great quote by the jazz musician, uh, Duke Ellington. He said, I don't need time. What I need is a deadline. And this is true for you as well. If you have an idea, TEDx is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. You write that I want to do a TEDx talk on X. You apply to 10 of the most, the closest TEDx's to where is you live. And you say, this is my big idea that I think could change the world. This is my authority, why I want to talk about it. And this is the exciting thinking or different thinking that I'm going to bring to it. And then someone's going to say, yes, we want to work with you. Now, the cool thing about most of the bigger TEDx programs is they come with coaches. For example, Missing Link, we actually sponsor coaches for a number of the ones in South Africa to try and help TEDx speakers grow. So you just arrive with your idea and they will apply you a coach to help you grow and to make sure your talk is better. Because the TEDx organizers, they want their talks to be featured on TED.com. So they want the quality to be really, really good. They want to raise the profile of their event. So straight off out of the gates, you've already got a coach who's going to help you structure your talk and work through it. And you're going to learn a lot from there. Of course, you can do things like Toastmasters. You can sign up for a Pecha Kutcha night. You can uh, sign up for so many different things where you can just get yourself out there and get comfortable on the stage. Because public speaking is something you have to practice in public. Right? You're not just going to get good, of it, good at it by accident. Don't wait until the gig that's you know, the defining gig of your life to decide to start. Just get out there and speak. Then, if you want to, you can come to a company like us, people that can help you develop. We've got a program specifically for public speakers to try and help them build their speaking engine, develop their talk, do things like that. But you may not need it out the gates. And we'd love to have you, but it might not be where you need to start. Maybe you just need to see, do I really enjoy this? One of the questions I ask candidates on our, on our Story to Stage program is, I say to them, like, have you got off a stage? Did you enjoy it? And if their eyes light up like, oh, it was the best. This is the best <laughs> feeling. 
then I say like they're a candidate. I want people who like this. Some people say to me, oh, but I'm so terrified to be on stage. Then don't do it. Like, you know, do something else. But if you really want to, if, you, if it excites you beating that fear, uh, then you should definitely try. This is the best. There's very little better than having people cheer at you. It's the business equivalent to being a rock star, and I love it. Ah, man. I'm excited. Um, definitely, there's fear in there, but I'm excited. I know that we could all, we could all do it if we really want to, because there's nothing that if no, if anyone, okay. if, if yes, if you can do it, if um, you know your peers can do it, my peers can do it, the people I'm watching can do it. I mean, there's no difference between me and those people. So like, we can definitely do it. But walk us through now that you know now that we are now. Um, you know, how COVID-19 has affected performance and events and, you know, stage. How, um, you know, COVID-19 put an end to all the talks. What can we do? How, um, you know, uh, just walk us through that. Okay. COVID-19 put an end to, to all the barriers to speaking. Mm -hmm. Because in the past, if I wanted to hire you to speak at an event in South Africa, I had to factor in flying you out here, booking you up an accommodation, all of those costs, plus then paying you dollar-based salary, all of these things. And like, yo, that's very expensive. COVID-19 democratized public speaking stages. There are more stages available now than there ever have been at any other point in human history. If you did want to become a public speaker, now is your time. I believe that the webinar heroes of today are going to be the same as the YouTube heroes of 20 of 10 years ago, right? This stage, because now you're getting live human attention at a higher level of authority, and it's a time for public speakers to actually make a name for themselves. You could do online gigs day in, day out, over and over again without me leaving my, my living room, right? It's totally possible to do that now, whereas before it wasn't. Last year, I spoke in 26 countries. That meant that I was at home with my wife and my children for seven days in a row, only twice the entire year. That's a massive amount of friction, right? So I was every, like, I'd be home for five days and I'd get on a plane and I'd travel. I'd be home for three days, I'd get on a plane and I would travel constantly. And I can sell it to you like it's glamorous and beautiful, but I promise you, I was in Sydney. I landed in Sydney at 12. I did my talk at 3 p.m. I had dinner that evening and I left at six in the morning again to fly back to Cape Town. I was there for 24 hours and then I was um, in Arizona. That's not like glamorous, it's just tiring. Whereas now I can do those same three gigs and have lunch with my wife every day, All right? So it's, it's the, what COVID has done is made it easier, better and removed the friction. And I actually am able to charge more competitive rates now because I'm not away from home for three days. I am just standing for 45 minutes delivering a talk. So it's been an upgrade for public speakers uh, in a huge way. Now, sure, I don't get the opportunity of seeing people in front of me and they're cheering and laughing as much, but I found ways to work around that and you will too. It is just an opportunity. If you, if you have a talk inside you, this is the time where you could be delivering it all over the world. You just got to put your hand up. And people aren't putting their hands up. It's it's crazy for me. Oh my goodness, that's such a um, a great advice for just pretty much for everyone, right? I mean, what you did uh, the hardest was traveling, um, speaking on different countries. I mean, now we could do it from the from the how from our home and then uh, deliver a a, a talk or a presentation. I mean, that's amazing. I, um, I mean, I'm definitely gonna check that out. So you can. 
um, definitely check that out. But however, if we were to do that, just like you suggested, um, deliver a talk or public speaking or you know um, a presentation on on someone's event, is, uh, even if you're just getting started, is that mean we're gonna get paid or is that gonna be um, at first it's gonna be free, of course? Not necessarily, and it depends mm. on which how much authority you bring and how big a problem you solve. Mm. So you speak to entrepreneurs. I'm a member of an organization called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, and for the mm -hmm. most part, their speakers are paid. If you have a unique angle and a unique topic, you present that that topic solves a problem for your audience, your audience will pay you to have that problem solved. Mm -hmm. If you can't get paid for solving that problem, uh, then maybe the problem isn't that meaningful and maybe you have to tweak your talk. However, as an entrepreneur, I, am, I realize that there's three ways for me to get to $100,000. Mm. The one way is to do 25 talks for $4,000. If I do 25 talks for, uh, for $4,000, then that relies on sales and marketing and cold outreach and pushing and pushing and selling and doing that. That's cool. The second way is to do four talks for $25,000. I can get $25,000 if I've got a million views on a TED Talk or if I've got a New York Times bestseller. The easiest way to make $100,000 from a talk is to do a talk for free once to the right audience. If you do a talk for free once to the correct audience, your audience avatar, the group of your customers, then you will gain that money. You will get paid for from your talk, not for your talk. And that's the thing, ego is what your speaking fee is. Uh, real business is the fee from speaking. And so you gotta change your mindset about it. Yes, sure, it is nice to get paid to speak, but don't take your eye off the prize. The $5,000 you get as your speaking fee isn't why you're doing it. You're doing it for the $50,000 of business you're gonna generate from the authority you've built from your new found audience. That has to be what, you do, what you're going for. And when you write your talk, when you create your trademark talk, that is who you're speaking to. The people who want to pay you after the fact. The speakers that are the least interesting to me are the ones who think that the job ends when the mic drops, but it doesn't. That's when the job starts. That's You've only done the, the first bit of marketing and then you pick up from there. Mm, oh my goodness, absolutely. And there's... And it's just uphill after you 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 do just um you know if there's a grab and you you did your first talk it's just gonna be uphill from there because hey that's actually it stays on the internet it um it it promotes you as the authority and there's so much upside to it right and I, I love it um let's change topic a little bit because it's it's kind of part of why people should take advantage on the advice that you're giving because it's so true. Um, you could go cold call or like, you know, send messages to uh, TEDx around you and s send emails. However, this kind of advice, um, the TED talk that you um, you give out is the catastrophe of inaction. These advice are like golden to most, most people, like for the right people, of course. However, some people won't take action on these things, but how can we prevent um, not taking action from like, you know, from the, because of our limiting belief, no, we're not good enough. We, we don't have, we, uh, we no. don't. Uh, if, action fo if action followed knowledge. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, in my mind, if action followed knowledge, we'd all have six packs, <laughs> right? We all know what we need to do, but we just don't do it because we, 
don't put into action. And I think we overvalue knowledge and we undervalue action from knowledge. So that's why as well, like even a program like ours, we make it a significant financial investment. We make it a significant time investment because we want people to be on the hook. It, people commit to things and then they let them go. You've got to want this. It's also part of the reason why we have to make people apply to a program and make people, because a lot of people start off and they're like, hey, this seems like a fun thing to do today. And then they give up on it. I'm not mm. interested in that. Mm. The, the public speakers that are going to change people are the people who are going to be committed and who understand if I get onto a stage and if I can convince an audience of X, I have won. And once they believe that the only thing getting in the way of them and victory is an audience believing them, once people see that, then they're going to stick with it. But yeah, we all get caught up too much in, there's too many narratives inside our head. Oh, I'm an imposter. Oh, I'm this. Like, I think we need to understand that uh, it's totally okay. Everybody in the world feels like an imposter. Just get out of your own head and get the ideas from your head in front of other people and you will win. It's just self-limiting belief you've got to go for delusional self-belief that's why it's easier when you're younger when you're 46 like me you start being too pragmatic hmm that's very interesting okay one um no we're almost out of time with this but one one few more questions a uh, couple things um like if we were to work with missing link and it sounds very it's fascinating to me if i was to work with that because it's, it seems like it's the the faster quicker way to get on stage and but however there's always always that limiting belief that hey um is there guaranteed on doing this thing from working with you guys um will, will i be on stage and present myself um 100 that i'm not gonna look a fool <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> i can't you know you deciding if you're gonna look like a fool when you're on stage is all down to you I can guarantee you, but you don't need us for this. I can guarantee you if you go to any half-decent speaker coach, if mm -hmm. you go to any one of the amazing companies around the world and you take it and you follow them, you follow their guidance and you actually just trust the process, you're not going to look like a fool. Because, again, a, a good for me, a good talk is, is prepared. You earn your applause long before you walk out on stage. Sure, the tech can fail and... Maybe your slides don't work as well as you hoped and some of the transitions aren't fantastic. But if you've got a good narrative structure that you've prepared before working with a, a decent professional organization or coach who wants to help you, then you cannot fail when you're on stage. Right? Everything, the building can burn down. It can just be you and the audience left and it can still work. If, however, you want to just kind of show up and wing it, well, then there's a chance that you fall flat. That's, that's, sort of something, that's all on, on you. There's no guarantees that everything will be perfect. There's no guarantees that the bookings are going to come in. There's no guarantees that you're not going to mess up and, and die in front of like a, an audience. Once Almost all speakers have had a story in which they bombed. But uh, the guarantee is that if you stick with it and you carry on going through it, you will get better. You'll continue practicing in public. You'll consider can continue improving and you will continue getting paid more. That is almost certainly a guarantee if you're willing to, to go, uh, you know, work through it step by step. Ah, man, that's definitely the, the best thing. Just practice, work through it, see it through. Uh, it's going to be amazing. And the process of that, it's and just go through it. Just do it. And, you know, it's it's more beneficial to you and for, for yourself as well, because you're 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 going to, you know, acknowledge yourself on just doing it and just practicing and doing it. And you're going to get good at it. Just like Rich is doing right now. And he's good at it. 
but Rich, one last question before I let you go. And one more thing. This is going to be like the very important part um, for, for us because you have done a lot of things and, you know, we're looking up to you. Um, what's, when it comes to business, what is success to you? Time. Uh, having control of your time. Like if you, if you can have control of what you spend your time on, you win. A lot of people hate their days, hate their work because they are so caught up doing the same thing all day long and it's frustrating. My time is always, my day, I use time blocking, is always categorized into three areas. The time where I create, times where I curate, where I look through things, and times when I interact or communicate. And I, I need to have all three of those things, time to research, time to be creative, and time to communicate with other individuals in my day. Having control, getting to a point in my career where I have control of how I allocate my own time so that I can make sure that every single day is my best version of a day uh, is absolutely what success is. And part of that requires financial freedoms and certain needs uh, to be fulfilled. Uh, but uh, understanding what your success criteria is is very important because I have an amazing home and a great family. But a lot of people I know with a home and family like this, they spend their life dreaming of a bigger home or a faster car. Uh, I know what my enough is. And because I know that I've reached a very, very good level of my enough, I'm able to now, instead of trying to focus on making more, I'm, I'm able to focus on spending more time. And uh, that's that's what success absolutely is for me. It's been great, Rich, and definitely time. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, where can we find you and how can we get in contact with you? If you want to learn about us and the programs we run, if you go to INeedMissingLink.com, that would be a good place to start. If you want to, yeah, there we go. That's fantastic for a story to stage. Uh, that's our public speaking program. If you want to uh, get a hold of me or connect on social media, LinkedIn, where I'm, I tend to chat the most, or Twitter or Instagram, if you go to GetRich.af, that link, uh, getrich.af, will give you one of those link farms that will link to all my content and all my different social platforms, my YouTube platform, the books I've written, and you'll find kind of all the information and content around that there. Or myname.com. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Right. Everything is there. All right, guys. Just uh, again, this this um, this pro um, this podcast is part of practicality. Um, just you know, follow. There's a there's a blueprint on how people got where they got got to, and Rich is actually um, he did it, he's done it. But there's a blueprint on how he got there, guys. Uh, if you're gonna learn from somebody, learn from someone who actually did it. So Rich actually did it. You guys get in contact with them. www.getrich.af, and um, yeah, we'll see you guys later. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we got one comment. Let's see what that is. Uh, he said he's got a question. Rage King. Um, do you have time? Oh, well, he does. He didn't have. Can you post your question, Rage King, before we let Rich go? And or else I'm not. That's it. I can't do it. We gotta post your question, guys. If you guys want to um, ask question, just post it on a comment, and uh, my guest will be able to answer it. But for now, we're gonna let you guys go. That's it. And thank you, Rich. Thanks very much. Take care. All the best. Cheers. <laughs>